Hello there, and welcome to the Nutrition Diva Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and today I want to update you on some new research that adds to the ongoing debate about artificial sweeteners and whether they help or hurt with weight loss. And we're also going to talk about how this might apply to natural zero-calorie sweeteners like those that are made from stevia and monk fruit. But first, just a little background. It's long been observed that people who use artificial sweeteners are more likely to be overweight. Now, of course, that doesn't prove that zero-calorie sweeteners cause you to gain weight. In fact, defenders of zero-calorie sweeteners argue that the association between the use of these sweeteners and the increased risk of diabetes or obesity is actually a case of reverse causation. That is, People aren't developing diabetes because they're using these sweeteners. Rather, they're using these sweeteners because they have diabetes. However, a growing number of studies, including the one that was just released, offer a potential explanation for how these supposedly inert ingredients might actually be contributing to health issues. Although they don't directly raise your blood sugar, artificial sweeteners may affect how your body responds to the sugars in other foods, leading to elevated blood sugar and possibly insulin resistance or weight gain or even type 2 diabetes. And the key to all of this looks like it may be found in the trillions of microbes that populate your gut. People who are overweight tend to have different intestinal flora than normal weight individuals. Furthermore, it appears that these microbes actually play a big role in promoting obesity. When intestinal bacteria are transplanted from the guts of obese subjects into the guts of subjects without obesity, those subjects start gaining weight and vice versa. Now, this is a pretty big revelation. Have you ever known someone who ate very little but remained overweight anyway, or someone who could eat whatever they wanted and not gain a pound? Well, for decades now, we've chalked this up to differences in metabolism or their physical activity levels. Sometimes we even suspect that people who are overweight are simply eating more than they realize or than they're admitting to. But in fact, a lot of this could be due to differences in their intestinal bacteria. More recently, we've learned that zero-calorie sweeteners affect the makeup of your intestinal population. Although these sweeteners have no calories for us, they do still provide a food source for your gut bacteria. Different bacteria appear to prefer different sweeteners. Lactobacillus and bifidobacteria, the beneficial bacteria found in yogurt and other probiotic foods, enjoy fructose, for example. A less helpful bacteria called Streptococcus mutans has an affinity for saccharin and aspartame, sold as equal. And that bacteria, Streptococcus mutans, has been associated with an impaired ability to process sugar, which is often the first step toward type 2 diabetes. So whichever strains of bacteria you feed are going to proliferate in your gut, often at the expense of others. So this month, researchers from the Wiseman Institute of Science in Israel released new research that adds yet more ammunition to this theory. This study involved 120 humans who did not typically consume zero-calorie sweeteners, and the subjects then added six packets a day of various zero-calorie sweeteners to their diets. 
and the researchers then monitored changes in their gut microbiome and to their glucose responses, and they were using a continuous glucose monitor to do that. So all of the sweeteners had an effect on the makeup of the gut microbiome, and each in a different way. But furthermore, both saccharin and sucralose, that's the one that sold as Splenda, had negative effects on the subject's ability to regulate their blood sugar. Now, some would argue that there's a big difference between an acute and possibly temporary effect on the microbiome and long-term changes in someone's health, such as developing diabetes or obesity. But it's increasingly hard to argue that these ingredients are biologically inert. Drinking a diet soda, even one that's sweetened with stevia, is clearly not equivalent to drinking water. So when this research first began to emerge back in 2014, I immediately heard from lots of Nutrition Diva listeners who wanted to know whether these findings applied to more natural sweeteners like stevia or monk fruit. And although there's not a ton of data on this, what we do have suggests that these sweeteners may be a somewhat better bet. Unlike Equal and Splenda, which encourage the growth of Streptococcus mutans, Stevia appears to encourage the growth of a strain called bacterioides, which, in combination with a diet that's rich in vegetables and fiber, appears to promote a healthier body weight. Earlier this year, a study published in the Journal of Dairy Science found that rats who were fed a monk fruit sweetened yogurt showed improvements in both the makeup of their microbiome and their ability to regulate glucose. And those effects were not seen in rats who were fed yogurt sweetened with sugar. Nonetheless, I don't think that switching to these natural zero-calorie sweeteners gives you a free pass for unlimited consumption. Drinking zero-calorie sodas all day is a really good way to train a sweet tooth. And binging on artificially sweetened jello and pudding and fruit pops and ice cream, you know, it's not improving the nutritional quality of your diet. And the World Health Organization apparently agrees. Earlier this month, they issued a draft statement suggesting that we really shouldn't be promoting zero-calorie sweeteners, including stevia and monk fruit, as a means of achieving weight control or reducing the risk of non-communicable diseases. And by that, they generally mean type 2 diabetes. And they cite a lack of evidence that the benefits outweigh the potential risks. Now look, I am not trying to take all of the sweetness out of your life. And I'm not suggesting a zero tolerance policy here. I'm simply suggesting that zero calorie sweeteners, including stevia and monk fruit, should be consumed with the same restraint as you would use with actual sugar. So one small regular soda or sweetened coffee or dessert is about all the added sugar an average person should probably eat in a day. If you wanted to substitute one diet soda or one artificially sweetened coffee or a dessert that was sweetened with monk fruit instead of sugar, that would probably be fine. What probably isn't fine is substituting 10 diet sodas or artificially sweetened coffees or desserts. Not only could that be having an undesirable effect on your microbiome, but all of those zero-calorie treats may also be crowding more nutritious foods out of your diet. 
If you have a thought about this you'd like to share or a question that you'd like me to weigh in on, you can contact me at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com or call the Nutrition Diva listener line at 443-961-6206. And your question could be featured in a future episode. Also, if you're listening to this episode around the time that the show comes out, then there is still time to join me and lots of other Nutrition Diva listeners for the 30-Day Nutrition Upgrade. We're kicking that off on September 11th. I'm going to show you a fun and effective way to improve your eating habits in a way that will last a lot longer than those 30 days. You can register for that at nutritionovereasy.com slash upgrade. And if you put in the code DIVA20, we'll even knock 20% off the already low registration fee. Nutrition Diva is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Nathan Sems with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our team also includes Morgan Christensen, Holly Hutchings, and Davina Tomlin. Thanks so much for listening and remember to eat something good for me. Bye.